Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 94 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. For today's episode, our topic is Healing Trauma with Tarot. And my special guest is Lindsay Mack from Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Teresa. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for making time to discuss this topic with me. I am very, very excited to dig in. Oh, me too. So before we get started with the topic, can you just tell me how you got interested in tarot? Yeah, so tarot has been a part of my life since I was 12, and I'm 34, so the majority of my life thus far. (laughs) And I bought my first deck uh, because I thought it looked cool, and I was interested in kind of all things mystical and witchy, but little did I know it would be a very instrumental tool in my own healing journey. And it just sort of was a... Uh, passion and an interest in the background of my life. And when I was about 30, uh, it kind of presented itself in a way that became more of an interest. And um, I started to kind of fall into doing it semi-professionally and, you know, the rest is history. But it, it really was like, I don't, I don't recall ever even knowing what Carol was before I saw the deck in a bookstore and thought like, wow, that looks interesting. You know, that's interesting because I found my first deck in a bookstore when I was looking for astrology books, and I had seen movies with them. So I had an idea what Carol was all about. But, you know, until you get home and get it in your hands, it's still not the same. Totally. And I love that we share that. I think that's really cool. Yes. So what are some ways... That I mean, pe- people, when we think of tarot, I think people often think it's just divination, and it's not. Mm-hmm. It is used for so much more. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that you talk a lot about healing in your podcast, Tarot for the Wild Soul. Mm-hmm. So before we talk about how people can use tarot to support their healing, can you tell me how tarot helped you to move through trauma in your life? Yeah, I mean, I would say that, so I am a survivor extreme persistent abuse from a very young age to when I left the house and uh, had PTSD pretty pretty severely um, and honestly was was undiagnosed for a long time so I just thought um, because uh, post-traumatic stress behaves so erratically and completely spiralically it's you know, I'm sure you know this and many people listening, it is like so not a straight line. Um, right. And it can feel, yeah, it can feel like traumatic to even go through the trauma because <laughs> it's so weird. But I didn't have any money. That's really the short way of putting it. And I needed support that was present and active that I could understand and um it was a slow burn in getting into tarot for mm-hmm. healing. It wasn't immediate, but basically when I was really in the midst of healing my trauma around 30, um, it was the only thing that was there in moments when sometimes I needed help and reminders every five minutes, like literally. So I, I don't know exactly what, I wish I could go back and remember 
I don't remember what clicked for me that I could go to the tarot to help identify the difference between a traumatic feeling and the facts of the of my life, the present moment where everything was safe. But it was something that clicked. I didn't learn it anywhere. It just made sense to me. But what's amazing is that since becoming a, a teacher, so many people do this. And it's just a very intuitive process. And I think many of us just utilize the tools that are available. <clears throat> Sorry for the fire in New York City. But, yeah, I, it just made sense. And it was something that was there that brought me back to myself in moments when I felt like myself didn't feel so safe. Uh-huh. Um, very life-changing. Yeah. Thank you. So, what are some ways that people could use tarot to support their healing process? Yeah, so the way that tarot can be an enormous ally in moments of, you know, we're saying trauma, but like any kind of mental, emotional life um, disruption or contraction is that tarot can, if you're asking it to, utilize and help to define the difference between brain chemistry in moments of stress and pain and, you know, contraction and the presence of the moment, which very often does not match the feeling. So we're essentially using para to define for us and delineate what, if anything, is the difference between my feelings and the facts. And it's not to dismiss the feelings. Because so much we ha- we have to actually not mantra, not meditate, not try to get away from it, not try to push it away. We have to, in some way, develop an inner security system to be able to be like, whoa, this huge experience of grief or anxiety or panic or whatever is really swelling up in me. How can I be with it? How can I let the chemistry pass? How can I understand maybe the invitation it's bringing? And tarot, I have found, does that so beautifully uh-huh. because, you know, um, so that's the first thing is that literally there's no trick to it. Literally, you just want to have your deck in front of you and you want to be able to say to your deck very specifically, um, my desire is to know, uh, to understand my feeling, what's happening inside my inner world right now, what my nervous system, my inner child is so frightened of, because I know that there's fear, I know that there's trauma, and I'd like to understand the invitation and the truth of the present moment. And you literally pull one card for the feeling, you pull one card for the present moment, and then you can say to your deck, whatever kind of additional medicine you need, what is an action to take, if anything? That's another third follow-up question that you can say. Um, how can I be with it? You know, uh, another, so an example of that, which you, Teresa, like absolutely understand. I'm sure so many people understand. Like an example for me personally, if I'm pulling two cards and then my third card is how can I be with it? If I pull five of wands, for me personally, because everybody's, everybody's experience, language, and intimacy with tarot is so different, and everybody's right, you know? But, like, for me, if I saw that, that would immediately tell me, okay, this is a temporary contraction. It's going to feel really messy. It's stirring stuff up. And at the end of this contraction, 
probably things are going to make sense. Mm -hmm. So what can I do amid kind of the in intensity, the fire, almost volcanic energy of this contraction? Does my body need a walk? Does my body need a cool shower? Do I need to kind of um, rest and restore? What can I do to support myself while my body just goes through what it's going through? If I pull the high priestess, then my next question would be, okay, so if I'm being invited to drop in and understand the wisdom within me around this and I cannot hear my guides because my nervous system is so overwhelmed, then my fourth question would be, how can I travel down to the high priestess in this moment? Uh -huh. You know, so we want to keep following the weaving. We want to keep being able to be like, okay, you know, just to even, and you know, it's funny because when you pull for tarot like this, sometimes you have to suspend your initial understanding of what the card means to be able to look at it in the language that a good friend or a very wise friend might be sharing with you, like that five of wands and high priestess scenario. Sometimes spirit really will be like, yeah, drop in about it. And I have to know if I can't hear anything, how do I how do I do that? So then it just winds up being this kind of friend that walks with you through the spiral of the moment and gets you to a point where you don't necessarily, quote, feel better, but you can have the fortitude to be able to say, okay, this is my experience. It is extremely uncomfortable. I am understanding that I'm safe in this moment. There's really nothing to do. And now I can just sort of be with it, trust it, nourish, hydrate, take care of myself, and the chemistry will pass. Mm -hmm. But because, this is the last thing I'll say, because there's kind of these two dual radio stations within us, there's the brain and there's the soul, the brain is so much louder than the voice of the intuition on a regular day, on a good day. When there's trauma, like you you can't even feel the soul. It, and that's why so many people with PTSD feel like they've lost God in some moments because it's literally obliterated. So tarot, I mean, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but <laughs> tarot is like everybody knows what tarot means because these archetypes run through our DNA, our bones. Like it's returning to something that you know somewhere. And so by... Um, communicating and touching in with tarot in those moments, essentially what we're doing without really realizing it is that we're turning up the volume on the soul in moments when the brain is deafening. So we might not believe it, we might not feel it, but we can look at these moments as being bridges to something greater than our experience. And if we're willing to hang out there, eventually we'll start feeling it. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. It's a beautiful process that you share, and I think that this is such a soulful way of working with the cards. Um, uh, super, you. super helpful. You know, when you say that it is, like tarot becomes like a friend, it, it reminds me, like I often say to my yoga students, that meditation is something that I'm a really big believer mm -hmm. in, because meditation is not about getting a blank mind, just like tarot's not about, you know, it's not going to give you all the answers. But yeah. what it does is it helps you to make friends with yourself. And when you meditate, make friends with yourself, or when you tune into something like tarot and make friends with the situation, then no matter what you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with it in the best way possible. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so beautiful. And 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 I completely agree. Like, I don't often get a clear picture of what's going to happen, you know, but yeah. like, it really helps me to identify what's here. And just as you said so beautifully, how to befriend it. It's so good at that. Right. And, you know, and being in the present moment is what this is all about, which means sometimes being yeah. with our pain. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big so time. what are some questions that you could ask the tarot that might be helpful. You shared a really great way of, you know, pulling cards, and I love that. It feels, again, like a process. But are there any Mm -hmm. specific questions that you think might be really helpful? Yeah, so I I don't think that what I'm about to share is profound, but I do think it's a worthy answer to your question. They're, They're very mundane questions. For me personally, the two go-tos that I, I, if I'm, I, um, well, three, there are three, <clears throat> that I find myself asking again and again in moments of contraction are, um, what is this feeling, um, well, actually, let me think about this. So sometimes I ask, what am I being invited to pay attention to? Mm-hmm. That's important. That's question one which is a whole host of medicine can come through that. The second one is uh, that sometimes I will kind of talk to myself, spirit, whatever, and I'll kind of move through, like mindfulness, I'll kind of name what's going on. And if I'm really in, can I curse on this podcast? Sure, I just have to make, <laughs> make sure I make a little note about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, well, I won't, I won't. But um, if I'm in a really, really intense kind of difficult feeling, then I will ask, what is this doing for me rather than to me? Like, what is this bringing for me? Sometimes there's a variation on for me, not to me. Yes. Um, and sometimes I will ask, you know, the third question can sometimes be just simply, what medicine is this trying to offer me? Mm. Because, yeah, because I... You know, I don't enjoy all the experiences I move through. Some of them are really very hard <laughs> in in healing from complex PTSD. That's kind of the deal. But I'd never be able to do any of this work if I hadn't been through it. I would never yeah. be able to sit with people while they're in hell. I would never be able to and genuinely know that they're going to be okay or that they might need support in some way. It's just it's a part of the initiation and and for any of us and I'm not glorifying it but those questions can open us up outside of the realm of how long will this be here before it goes away which the tarot's really bad at answering but people try and I love them for it right. <laughs> and um I do I really do I get it <clears throat> um or how can I get out of this so those questions what medicine is this bringing? What am I being invited to pay attention to? And um, what is this doing for me? How is this helping my evolution? Because everything, you know, it's like um, I, I, I don't know for myself that I've ever experienced really there being a good, bad, a right or wrong or a fair, unfair. I, I think we all have ideals about what we like. And I don't think it really exists in this universe. Yeah. What, what does really make sense to me personally 
is that everything really is for your evolution because we can really see that 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 everybody shares that every person every creature every animal every plant we all know what it is to be put in an experience of discomfort and you can you can evolve through that and we have nature to thank for that so think that the tarot can really help aid our understanding if we're coming at these experiences with questions about okay how can i I know that I have mud here, so how can there be a lotus? What can I do? Whether it's sitting there, taking action, understanding that, like, you know, there are codes to the tarot. Once you get more into it, it's like you pull five. You understand, like, all right, there's some contraction here. Maybe there's, maybe it's like you can do something about that. Maybe it's that you can't. And if you're pulling a major, that says something completely different than if you're pulling a queen, et cetera. So I think it just all winds up being this beautiful code that can help you along in your journey. Um, but the questions I tend to ask are largely, what is this bringing? What, what gifts? Like, are there treasures in this? So I think that that can be helpful. But I encourage anyone listening to this to experiment with a way of verbalizing questions like that that work for them. I love the idea of asking questions about um, what's the gift and what's the medicine because I think oftentimes when we're in trauma, we, we don't go into that mindset. We're thinking, you know, yeah. I just want to escape. Of course. And I course. I feel, you know, through my own life, and I'm quite a bit older than you, that, you know, the hard times are the times where I really experience the most profound growth in my life. You know, when things are going good, you never sit back and think, wow, I'm really growing right now. You're just having a good time. But when something is going on, when something happens, um, when life becomes a challenge, that's when we really do have an opportunity to grow in big ways. Totally. I, I, so, you know, I remember being in, like, er, this was years ago, but I remember when I used to get panic attacks, there was one one specific instance where I was like on the down, like it was starting to edge out, but I was still really um, triggered, like in it a little bit. And I, I observed for the first time how after I have panic attacks, I, my house is clean, my groceries are ordered, I'm feeding myself, I'm better hydrated, I'm actually more present. Mm-hmm. And what would it be like to take that into, it really, exactly what you just said. There, there are, because it's the whole thing. It's like discomfort is, a, is the main ingredient to growth, period, mm-hmm. right? So it's, but it's also completely a part of our conditioning to avoid that. So I really think that weaving into, kind of weaving in these archetypal um, you know, beings, these, these invitations can make the process of sitting with discomfort so much more enjoyable to me. <laughs> you know, like I, it really becomes quite attractive. I'm like, okay, the devil, like I can do that. Yeah. I can 100% do that. I know what that is. I understand that. I can see, I can see the whole galaxy inside of that. But, um, that's what makes, but that's what makes sense to me, and I love what you're sharing. Like, it's just there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of medicine inside discomfort, to be sure. 
Absolutely. You know, recently I was on a podcast called This Wildlife. It's hosted by the Wild Playground, and Lola uh, Archer-Pickett is behind that. And mm-hmm. she's so brilliant. One of the things she said, which really struck me, she said, presence will save your life. Mm-hmm. And I really, really believe wow. that so much, that being present. One of the things I often tell my yoga students, too, you know, you're going to go about your life and you don't think much about your body. You know, we eat that extra donut, we don't stretch, we don't work out. And then suddenly if we get injured, well, suddenly you're in your body. Now you're present because yeah. you don't have a choice. But why can't we be like that all the time? Why can't we be present 100% of the time? Why do we need pain to get us present? Or why, when pain shows up, do we want to run away from that and not be present? I mean, I'm telling you, this is the question, right? Yeah. Go ahead. No, just taking it in. It's really brilliant. So this gets me to another question that I think is really important for professional tarot readers. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for tarot readers on how to work with a client who's experiencing trauma? I mean, we're talking all about us being present, doing our work. Mm -hmm. But what about when you have somebody in your presence, they're coming to you for a reading, they've Mm -hmm. got something major going on, it's super traumatic, how can you help them? I think that it depends. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer in an annoying way. That's good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can. So what I'm, what I'm speaking to is I have had people come to me. It's only been a, couple, a handful of times. But they're so completely triggered that they can't hear anything. They're in complete survival mode. And so there were a couple times when I was a younger tarot reader or more green in my work where I did it and it was horrible because they didn't understand any, they didn't hear me. And that's fine. They don't have to hear me, but it just triggered them more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, there's something. And now... Um, There's a little bit of languaging about that on my site because I do work with a lot of people with trauma. Like if there is, sometimes people have to, so one way, if you have somebody, let's just take the most rare example. If you have somebody, they come in and they're literally in the midst of panic, complete 911, you either have to say to them, well, let's sit together and have a cup of tea because Tarot doesn't, let's let's be with this Uh before we pull a card. Or let's be with this and then pull a couple of cards about how to be with this right here. Literally no further. And sometimes people have feelings about that. They don't like it. But there's really nothing like ethically you can do because it's very hard for people to take that in. And I recommend to everyone listening to this to to be able to have the courage to have your clients be disappointed. (laughs) Because like sometimes you have to do that because you're holding the space. But most of the time, if there's trauma present, we can just start by being utterly compassionate, letting them know we hear them, we receive them. Like, it's so important just to have people hear us. So just starting with that. And then I would say um, asking these same questions. What is the medicine? What is, the, like, we're talking about, like, epic soul work, like, if we know in our hearts that trauma is an initiation, that it brings about something, then we want to, A, whatever spread that we're doing, 
when we drop in, before we pull, whatever we're doing, whether we're setting the intention in some way or another, we want to be able to take a moment and say, what medicine does this client need right now? To help remind them that it's not just this, that there's something more. That And if there is something more, how is that coming through to them? Are they here? Are they waking up to healership that they don't know that they have right now? Are they clearing up trauma that has been in, stored in the body forever? Now it's finally time to process it. Do we need to begin with a referral out to someone? Do we feel somewhere in our hearts that maybe they need more chemical support? So really, we just want to come at it, regardless of what we say, we want to come at it from this lens of you saying, like, you're not going to freak me out as the reader. Uh-huh. You, don't need, you don't need to get rid of this. This is okay. It's also temporary. And let's look and allow the cards to draw a map for you about, A, how you can most completely be nourished and nurtured with, with utter gentleness in this moment. And let's draw the circle out a little bit wider to let us know, you know, what exactly evolutionarily is this bringing? And I think it sounds really cliche, but like good old-fashioned like warmth and kindness and enthusiasm for the fact that what they're going through, regardless of where it came from, is not a defect, that it is a really normal part of healing, that it's okay. Um, it's not about being like, oh, yeah, everything you're... Everything you're going through is fine. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, it's here. So how can we argue with it? You know, it's here. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have clients, though, who come in and they're so traumatized and they don't know it. And we have to get to that. We have to start with that. They're coming in like, oh, my job, this, that, and the other. And something else is going on. So sometimes I don't necessarily use that word, like, oh, you're traumatized. Sometimes, like... That's the first thing that will come up where it's like, okay, you know, all these intentions for the reading are so worthy, but what about what's here? What about the pain that's so clearly wanting your attention? Um, that's another thing that, that can be really helpful is, you know, um, what is the quality of attention that we can give this? You know, sometimes we can, you know this as a meditation teacher that mm-hmm. so I, learned, I learned this from Tara Brock that like it's it's appropriate sometimes to touch in for just a little bit of mindfulness and then you touch away or you'll blow the nervous system out. I'm getting into more technicalities because whatever. But I think um, shifting the client's perspective to remind them, yes, this is painful, difficult. Are you on a road of healing? Yes, you are. Are you alone? Are you joining? You know, have I walked this road? I absolutely have. What helped me? What helped other folks? What, you know, how can we surround the client in complete support? Um, I had really the honor of working with somebody who had been dealing with postpartum depression and psychosis for a year, basically, like off and on, and nothing was working. They got on medication, then they had to, it, then that made things worse. And we had to do two sessions. The last, the second one was just my gift. I was like, just come back and we'll go a little bit deeper, but probably over a half hour of the first one, and I don't know much about postpartum, but I do know enough to have had some resources for her. And we talked about whether or not they felt safe 
and then we read in a way that I thought was appropriate for what she really needed, what do I want her to go out the door with, and then sometimes, like, they have to come back. Now, that's me because I run a trauma-specific tarot practice, right. so it's a little different, but if you're I'm not advocating for that, but sometimes it's more about the other things that people need versus the tarot, and then the tarot can come in and be the last compliment to the dish. Um, I don't know whether or not I've said way too much information, but I think there are a lot of ways to be with clients, but the main way is to be really kind, to be really sweet, very triggering for people who have trauma a lot of the time to hear like, oh, this is going to last another month. So let's be really gentle with the timeline with anyone who has trauma and we just want to encourage them, keep repeating to them like everything is temporary. Things can change in two seconds, they can change in a week, whatever. So we just really want to be with the cards as everything brings a gift. What are you being asked to experience? Just all in the wording to help people really hear us, have the nervous system relax a little bit. Hopefully that makes sense. That makes total sense, and that's really wonderful advice. You know, uh, I I think a lot of readers, when they do get into doing this for a living, they don't realize that sometimes you are going to be dealing with people who are experiencing a lot of pain. Uh, I think we assume that it's just going to be always talking about you know, meeting some tall, dark, handsome stranger or something. But a lot of the work isn't about that. There are people who are trying to understand what's going on in their lives. They're trying to heal. And knowing how to do that as a reader is a very important skill. Yeah. And also, I'm going to say that the last thing I'll say, too, is for anyone reading this who's excited and wants to take their practice deeper in some way, the other thing... Too, and I'm sure that, I mean, I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, Teresa, and I'm sure you've talked about it before, but again, to reiterate, a lot of the, I have this little saying that I say to my students sometimes, which is that the client is not always the most reliable narrator of their experience, and you have to be able to listen enough to know that there's something happening under it. So if someone comes in and they're like, there's no love, there's no job, I'm stuck, da, 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 and you're pulling stuff like the star reverse and like the moon reverse along with all these other things, and they're peppered in in these kind of interesting places and maybe up where the client thinks things are going on, it's more about career, but in the actual present, it's kind of these really deep, dark themes. You want to be able to invite them into, okay, well, it seems that there might be a pause on some of those things so you can start paying attention to your body. Does that resonate with you? And the reading can really go left when the client assumes it's going to go right. And if you're able to hold that space, then there can be a real opening up to more intimacy and healing with the body and potentially, not in a triggering way, but really gently inviting the client to even admit that there's something going on they don't want to look at. They don't have to look at it, but to be able to say, like, yeah, there is stuff. Mm-hmm. Coming up for me, maybe grief. I kind of haven't really been paying any attention to that. Um, Carol can do that too, and I think it can be very effective to just 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 touch on things when a client comes in and they're super frustrated about what's not here. Then we get to say, well, okay, what well, if spirit isn't dropping these things in? It's obvious that we're meant to pay attention to something. So let's check out what that might be that's that's also i think a really beautiful way to deepen a practice is to not necessarily take on what your client is saying is the issue right to look deeper 
it's so interesting because sometimes, you know, tarot will take out something within yourself that you already know and it confirms things, but sometimes also it will take out things that maybe you're not looking at or that you don't want to deal totally. with. And it puts it in front of you. So, hey, let's get to work on this. 100%. Yes. So one last question. Mm-hmm. Which tarot decks do you recommend uh, for healing work? Which ones are the most friendly for that type of, for like trauma work, in your opinion? Totally. Um, I would say, uh, man, I really think there are a few. Um I love the Mesquite Tarot. Mm -hmm. It's really gentle and sweet. I think that for some, the mother piece is a great choice. It's got some problematic aspects, so that has to be said um, in the midst of that recommendation. So it's not for everyone, but it is a very trauma-friendly deck by definition. Um, So if anyone's attracted to that or feels really good with that deck, that's an option for them. Um, another deck that I think is really um, beautiful is the Spirit Speak deck um, by Mary Evans. Mm-hmm. And um, I love Pagan Otherworlds Other Tarot. That's a new one. And I find its medicine to be very gentle. But there are, I think there are um, quite a few, but I also think that even if they're not quote-unquote trauma-friendly, some decks might just meet you in those places um, and uh, be very fruitful and helpful. But I would say, like, my main recommendation is the Mesquite Tarot, which is pretty new. I think it's just so gentle. I agree. It's a gorgeous deck, and it's it's, right? it's got just such a, a nice, soft vibe. Yeah. What are your favorites? What do you think? You know more decks than I do, I think. Well, I do like the Star Child Tarot. I think oh, that's really a good one totally. for healing work because I think the imagery is really evocative. It really speaks to people. People like it. They respond well to it. So that would probably be the one I would recommend. But also I love the Fountain Tarot. I think the Fountain yeah. Tarot is it's so beautiful. There is a softness to it. Um, it's also a no BS deck, you know. So it's it's just... I, I find that, the, again, the art, the imagery really works well. So those would probably be the two that I would recommend uh, for healing work. Yeah, I think that those are great recommendations. I think even more, uh, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like the best are, without question, like the Fountain, the Star Child, both of which I knew that, like, there were some I was forgetting. I really loved the Star Child so much. Like, it really can take you there. Yeah. And I think Mesquite is great. And even Mother Peace, it's not to put that deck down, but it's, it's sometimes there's a bit, well, I'm, you know, it's fine. If people love Mother Peace, they love it. But <clears throat> I feel like the simplicity and the gentleness of those three decks, Mesquite, Fountain Tarot, and um, Star Child, are really where it's at if you want to get soothed. Yeah, I think that they have... Um a very friendly, uh, soft vibe, and I, I just think they work so well. And people like looking mm-hmm. at them, too. The images are soothing. They are. I think that's a huge part of it, too. Yeah, I also love the Wildwood Tarot. Now, but the Wildwood Tarot is one that I haven't really connected with that well. I know I mean, everybody I totally loves it. it, but I don't know. I think yeah. it's because I come from the very traditional tarot background, yeah, you know, I've always been a Rider Waite Smith Gale, 
And so it, it's very different. Sometimes I play around with it. I'm, it's like I like it, but I don't use it with my clients. Mm-hmm. I completely understand that. Well, you know, I will say that I um, recently, through a kind of a weird set of circumstances, um, basically reached the end of the work that I was able to do with my with a deck that I'd used for years and got given the Aquarian Tarot. Mm. And um, I love it. And the, the, the energy of it follows me into some very dark, deep places, which I was surprised by. So sometimes I think decks, even if they aren't soothing, can answer you very clearly, even when they're like, quote, more traditional, obviously the... Um, Aquarian is not, um, it's not the writer in that, it wasn't made that long ago. But um, I think sometimes for some people, like the Smith Rider weight reminds them of storybooks. It reminds them of yeah. fairy tales. That, yeah, like I think sometimes it's not even how, for some people it's not even how the deck uh, looks as much as the answers it can give you. And for some reason I, I was oddly a little surprised surprise maybe but it goes so deep that deck cool i also like sometimes oracle decks i think are really helpful for you know giving wisdom i love the lunar nomad oracle by shaheen miro um rebecca campbell came out with a new deck and actually it's the same artist who did the star child tarot uh danielle noel and it's called work your light oracle cards and i think they're really neat too i gotta check that out that's awesome yeah, so, you know, because not everybody wants to do tarot, so sometimes right. some of these oracle decks can certainly be another thing to add to your, you know, um, add to your work and supplement the tarot work, too. So, anyhow, boy, I could talk to you forever, Lindsay. I know, I feel the same way. This has been such an incredibly great conversation. I Thank love you. everything that you have shared here, and I think this is very useful information for people who are reading tarot for themselves, but also for people who are reading professionally. These are You're giving some great tips for people to be thinking about, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you for your work. Like you, I mean, this might sound like very cheesy, but thank you for making it possible for people like me to be able like, to do this work. Like You paved the way, and we're all so lucky to have you sharing your wisdom like this. It was an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. So, Lindsay, where can people find you, and what are some of the ways they can work with you? So they can find me at lindsaymack.com at my website. They can also find me on Instagram. I'm Wild Soul Healing and Tarot for the Wild Soul. There's two little accounts that I have. They can also find me at my podcast, which is also Tarot for the Wild Soul, um, right now, uh, my, you know, I used to say, like, take a book a reading with me, this, that, the other. Um, by the time this comes out, my course, my yearly online course will be closed, and that will open next year. So I think um, I'm doing a tarot retreat at Kripalu in October, and sign-ups for that are on my website. But other than that, basically, I do online workshops and courses. Uh, once a year, I do a really big training uh, for reading tarot in this way. Um, I do intermittent retreats, but I am heading into book writing territory, so I'm not going to be as active, but hopefully it'll continue to be um, 
you know, like it's just basically podcasts and uh, staying up to date through my website as to when I do things. Right on. And for people who are listening, I highly recommend I highly recommend the podcast, Terrible Wild Soul. Mm, You're you. doing something very different than what other tarot readers are doing out there with this podcast. So I think it is one that we should all be listening to. Thank so I want to so thank much. you for creating that. Thank all right, you. guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you can, let, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, you know, lots of other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and have a beautiful day. And I want to remind you to pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life has had it right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. 